Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 36th episode of the Clockroach Podcast. I'm Robbie. I'm Joshua. And joining us this week... Oh. Oh. Are you there? Hey. Oh. Yes, oh. I am. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Something must have happened. Anyway, uh, Ilya this week is joining us, and we're going to be talking about... Um, spiking, most notably. Spiking and just winning games, because... This is something I feel like we struggle at that uh, Ilya is very proficient in. I will attest to the fact that I struggle at winning games sometimes. <laughs> yep. So, before we get into that, though, Ilya, what is, it doesn't have to be from just this week, but what is your play of the week? Your top play, your your clutchest moment of Eternal? Um, uh, what to say, really? Um... I, I guess it's just uh, beating Rhino in the uh, midseason uh, major with that uh, deck that, hey, I didn't think I was going to beat an aggro flyers deck with a vault deck. Oh, yeah. But somehow <laughs> I managed to pull it off. That is uh, really and good. And get myself four series points. That puts me in a much better position for the uh, world's uh, qualifier at the end of the year. And I'm looking forward to that, at mm. least qualifying for that. But not sure if I am qualified for that yet, but I'm in a good position. Yeah, I, I think you're going to get there. I would say so. <laughs> what flavor of vault were you playing? Do you remember? Uh, it was FTJ Vault, also known as like 24drop.deck. <laughs> uh, so overstuffed. We made it to beat Big Combray, and at the end of the day, it didn't even do that no. that well. Uh, it was just a case of not enough testing, not enough documentation. Uh, but hey, it got me to the top eight and his points on that. Yeah. Sounds I mean, good. From, from one level, you can say this wasn't the right deck, but at another level, it did get results, so it couldn't have been entirely off base. <laughs> yeah, just a different arena to okay. test it in. All right, uh, Josh, what about you? What was your play of the week? Oh, I, I was so... So you know that moment when you know that your opponent doesn't realize that you can do something and you're just waiting for that you to surprise them with it and it's going to be so great and you start salivating like a dog who hears the <laughs> crinkling of the treat bag i wonder why you brought dogs up it's only a, it's uh, as if that's relevant to eternal discussion now that, that's correct <laughs> but anyway i was playing against armory with my brimstone altar leviathan deck and i just added in some baits and i was prepared um to sacrifice this, or to, to kill this bait with an Annihilate, because I didn't have an altar out. Um, I was prepared to kill it with an Annihilate at the end of my opponent, or on my opponent's turn, when he played all of his power for Icaria, and just surprised the Icaria with a dragon. Uh, and he didn't end up playing Icaria, but he did end up playing a big weapon. And so I was, I was going, okay, okay, he's going to target my other thing, and then I can kill the bait at the end of his turn, and I can hit him with the dragon and kill his weapon. And then I realized that my turn passed, and I forgot about the smart auto-pass, which for some reason was checked. And so it didn't no! allow me to target my own guy. No! <laughs> <laughs> I was so pumped! <laughs> um, fortunately, I did oh manage God. to win. Uh, I quickly went in and turned off smart auto-pass, and then did the same thing a turn later. Oh my God. <laughs> but... But I was That's really amazing. excited. That was like a misplay of the week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you were completely right. 
but the misplay in this case was that you did something that's supposed to help your life. Yeah, um, I don't <laughs> even remember why it was checked because I could have sworn that I checked it off, but it might have reset like from closed beta to open, and I forgot. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it turns out it turns <laughs> out there aren't actually that many scenarios where you want to kill your own stuff. But if you're playing the sacrifice deck, I suppose it's smart to check. I did actually have to kill one of my own impending dooms this week, though. So uh, to survive. Look, he had permafrosted <laughs> two of them. I was taking two a turn. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, was that your play of the week? No, God, no. <laughs> uh, my, my play of the week is pretty simple. Um, I've been playing your uh, Praxis midrange deck, Josh. Yay! And it's really fun. Uh, it's not that great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my biggest problem is that I ran into this one person, like twice, playing Rakano Splashing Primal for Ice Sprite. And... I lost to that. Okay, this deck can beat an ice sprite, guys. It's not that bad. It haunts me. (laughs) I lost to a Ricardo deck with ice sprite in it. Uh... Oh, man. That's that's what happens with the ladder. Because remember, you need ice sprite when you have Torch and Vanquish. (laughs) This guy needed ice sprite, apparently. That's so weird. You know what? As it turns out, Praxis can't kill a 3-4 flyer very easily. I have, like, six sources of killer in that deck. Okay, fine. <laughs> but also, I died, though. Yeah, you did. Yeah, but it was... <laughs> I was laughing. It was funny. <laughs> that is really funny. Yeah. All right, so... Uh, before we get into the uh, talk about winning at this game... Yeah. There has been some news. So, there's an upcoming patch this week and it's going to be featuring two new cards promos yes um the first one is a skycrag card and the second one is arginport i'm about to pull up their names so uh so have you seen the artwork for these Ilya? uh yes i have so one is called alpine hunter and it's a dude with a gun and a doggo you got it and the other is called oathbreaker and she looks like a cross between a paladin and cabal countess. Uh, huh. Yeah. So, yeah. So, what I'll say off the bat is uh, Skycrag, well, a metric F-ton of help to even be considered remotely competitive. You are, oh, yeah. You are correct. Some sort of gunner uh, really pushing Skycrag, you know, to the point that we're going to be playing Skycrag decks into Big Combra, into Stone Scar Queen, into uh, Elysian, you know, mid-range pack. Yeah. And whatever else had you. Oathbreaker looks like a 2 or 3 drop, which has me intrigued, because depending on how good she is, uh, you might see Arginport Tempo be... You know, might it might start to to serious life. Yeah. Because I played Argentport Tempo before. Like, you put in your district infantries, your knife jacks, your Argentport instigators, your tinker overseers, your enforcers, your impending dooms, and try to uh, exploit the fact that you can run just about every single source of. A good spot removal there is in the game, like you have oh, suffocate, yeah. suffocate, uh, vanquish. Well, you get, you so, just suffocate, get... annihilate, vanquish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's just that kills everything you want to. Well, suffocate, and, uh, and, and, vanquish. 
just gets everything. That it does, yeah. Right, right, right. And, and, and rapid shot, so the idea is to get there completely through attacking. Yeah. That it has no draw, it has no reload, and it has no reach. It um, really doesn't. I really do so want Archipel. If you get wiped out by harsh rule, <laughs> you're basically you know, dead on the spot. I have oh. tried Argentport with Protect before. Um, that wasn't great. No. But it did offer, a, like, protecting your impending doom occasionally happened. It wasn't <laughs> worth it, and Argentport is still not a thing. Yeah, I feel oh, like right. you'd need a built-in Aegis unit uh, to right, really help right. out. Right, but here's the problem with, with Protect. That in the, in the slot you're running Protect... You could have been playing something else. <laughs> Like that's that's the issue I have with cards like Protect, like Dark in Dark Returns. Like, so instead of this situational card, you could have just been playing another unit. Yeah. Might help Argentport, you know, get a bit more consideration. I think Argentport is going to need a bit more help than that. I would say so. Um, I think I don't think it needs much though. No, I think Argentport um, needs. I'm hoping you could see Argentport. You know. I will say with a name as like. The name Oathbreaker is just kind of like solid and badass enough of a like just <laughs> it's just like a simple word that it kind of sounds like the kind of card they'd want to make prevalent. Does that make sense? Like yeah. Bandit Queen has like a ring to it. It does. So Oathbreaker has that similar kind of ring. If you catch what I'm saying. I don't know how much they evaluate cards power level based on their names. No, but... no, but there's something to it. Yeah, like, I was. I was trying to think clumsy. of like, cinematic designs for this card. And I thought it would be really neat uh, to have something that starts out with, like, Aegis or Lifesteal and converts to Unblockable, maybe when one of your friendly units dies. Something like that. Well, I mean, Unblockable is more a film. I guess it is, yeah. Um, Yeah, even, like, the Unblockable-affiliated Shadow card is film-related. But still, um, I... I'm just happy to see new promos to help tide us over for the uh, the wait. So, oh, okay, I think you it's said nice that... to see new promos, but you know, like tailor your expectations. You know, is, is my main message here. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Like when we got Vara's Journey, like of the cards we saw in Vara's Journey, like like which ones really made it? Find the way and throw in Ward. Yeah. Maybe Waykeeper in a very niche position, and then Cultist and um. Just awful. And then <laughs> awful, we got awful. Bounty, of which we got 1.5 playable cards. <laughs> yeah. Quarry, uh, and then a little bit of Bailiff, maybe Strain to Shadow if you really want to reach. It, it, uh, I like how we went from like Azindal's three to two to 1.5. Uh, Azindal is not that great. Nope. Um, is just awful on rate. And then uh, Arcanum Monitor, I mean, decent? No, nothing crazy so at least you know, before you get on the hype yeah. train you know just keeping my next station is probably you know uh disappointments bill <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean the the record would indicate that they're not going to be just game breaking game breaking cards so what do you want direction wise for skycrag to go in because with Argentport, i think it is going to lean towards that aggression develop a board and tempo out your opponent because that's just kind of what those factions tend to want to do anyways yeah um what do you want skycrag to do like if you wanted to see skycrag scene play what type of mechanics generally speaking would you think it had and why would it be another buff to thunderstrike dragon <laughs> <laughs> uh honestly what i'd like 
Enthusiastic Skycrack is a sort of spells matter theme. Like a fevered scout, but better? Oh, was that? Uh, Oh, do you mean like fevered scout style, but better? Or do you mean a different angle? No, I mean like like a different angle. Because so far, every single faction has been central. Like Combre, Unit Smash, Elysian, Unit Smash. Even though that's not supposed to be its flavor. Like Mm -hmm. when you look at all the, you know, all the special card draw matters and echo and stuff like that. All of which is bad, but what's good about Legion, you know, big unit smash. Right. Um, uh, Infiltrate's supposed to be its theme, that's bad. Uh, but, you know, Feln is more, hey, you know, tempo them out or control them out. Stone Scar is attack them with units, finish them off with, you know, finish them off with burn. Mm-hmm. The Stone Scar has, a, in Feln, have a bit of a spell, spells matter theme, but only insofar as supporting your units. Like, giving them good spells. Yeah, that's not really spells matter. <laughs> yeah. Kano is obviously, you know, units units matter. Very or clearly. weapons matter. Weapons uh, matter, I think, you but know, you need units for weapons. The niche has really, that has really been filled, which I think Skycrag is in prime position to do so, is we want this two-color faction to have absolutely bomb, freaking amazing spells. Mm-hmm. So whether you're playing Falscar Control, Falscar Midrange, Ikaria Blue, um, maybe even some sort of Time Primal Fire deck that has yet to um, be discovered, uh, you know, I think a very yeah. unique niche would be, hey, we want you to play spells and play more spells, and we're going to reward you for playing spells. I like the sound of that. Cards that come out of hand and do something besides attack and block. <laughs> um, even on the time of May, uh, Patrick Chapin said, you know, oh, spells don't have a lot of room for interaction. I think that it's that Skycrag can be a huge opportunity to say, hey, we're open, opening up this new axis of gameplay. Yeah. I've been in these two colors. Uh, you really have this golden opportunity to take on a completely different place. Spells are the means of interaction, really. I mean, they may not have much interaction in themselves, like opportunities for your opponent to respond, right. but they're, they're usually how you mess with your opponent. Right, right. Yeah. Um, I, I feel you on that. Um, personally, my hopes uh, for know, this are I'm the... hoping there can be a tier one Skycrag deck, because so far what I've seen from Skycrag is, oh, you have lots of burn, but burn is so awful on tempo yeah. that... It's really not something you want to send your strategy around. Especially because Primal then takes tempo loss as like one of its main... Like The thing about card draw is that you're taking a <laughs> tempo loss, so then taking further tempo loss to draw more cards Drawing from the means m- you dead yourself real quick. The most tempo-negative right. aspects of both factions. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, Josh, you were and, saying... And not to mention oh. Primal's burn, you know, Primal's direct damage is, you know... Not that great. Like static bolt compared yeah. to torch is just not that good. Oh no, not at all. Uh, I w- yeah, you know, channel is wildly overcosted. Um, <laughs> some people say it'd be fine at seven. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure it'd be even fine at seven. For yeah. channel the tempest, it'd be an interesting experiment. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, I think, I think at six with four primal, um, Ooh. you know. Four primal, it would be interesting. Be, yeah. Does it have you, that you could use? I think it does. I think it does. As a, you know, as a lever to, to you know, really say, hey, you know, 
you should be in Skycraft because you want to cast bomb spells. Yeah. Um, and so I'm hoping we, we, we see that from, uh, from that direction. Oh, what, what I was just saying was that I'd really like to see Alpine Tracker or similar cards in Skycrag to end up as spell tutors of some kind. Like, of course, of limited power level, but perhaps filtering the top of your deck for spells or um, or otherwise giving you a way to, to get through your deck for the spells you need. Um, I think the word tracker just made me optimistic thinking of, like, tracking from Hearthstone, uh, which is a filtering effect. Ponder, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I would really like to see, like, units which will g get you the spells you need and also keep you from dying before you can cast them. Definitely. Uh, I that, think... That's an interesting take. Uh, <laughs> Alpine Tracker doesn't strike me as a unit that has anything to do with spells. Like, you see a guy with a gun. Right. But what if he shouted fetch when it happened? And then your dog, <laughs> the dog goes and gets you the spell. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think people on uh, it's more likely that the uh, the obvious call on Discord right now is correct in that it's a unit of some cost that whenever you cast a spell you get a puppy. Oh gee, I hope not. <laughs> like that'd be cute, but also easy, that could be good. Easy to design. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it would be a little simple, yeah. but um, like something that is whenever you cast a spell generate a board state could theoretically yeah. be good. I don't think it would be enough by itself to make Skycrag a thing right now. Generate chump block pupper. <laughs> well, no, well, one thing One thing we have seen is that uh, we have, like, you know the gauntlet bosses? Like, some of oh, their yeah. powers are cards. Like, infinite possibilities is crowd of possibilities. Um, yeah. I haven't thought uh, about that. You haven't? Not that we could get a future card that would be a gauntlet boss ability, you know. And and like I believe there's there's a gauntlet boss that that is you know that says both players have vaulted the praxis. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't. I'm I not sure if, if, if that is or isn't. Sounds I'd have familiar. to you know, check and you know try and make a list of them. Uh, <laughs> but one thing I could I could see is that it says. Whenever a player plays a spell, play a unit of that cost. Yeah. So, seek power, you get a one drop. If you play find the way, you get a two drop. You'll play a harsh rule, you get a five drop, which then promptly gets blown up by Umbran harsh Reaper. Rule. Umbran <laughs> Reaper and Soulfire Drake, though. Oh, crap. Just imagine, oh, crap. imagine your harsh rule also comes with a your units gain flying or charge at random, though. <laughs> nice. That indeed would be nice. <laughs> I'm hoping, like, we, we see that at, uh, as a relic, that, you know, that spells matter, and once you drop that, it's like, yeah. okay, I annihilate your dude, I get a two drop, um, I death strike your unit, I get a four drop, you know, at fast speed. Right. You could do a lot of shenanigans with Felonscar, um, Ikaria Blue, maybe, maybe not, because that's just, like, a bad armory deck. Um, <laughs> I mean, Celestial Omen, get a, you know... Six, oh six drop would be sweet. And also Lightning Storm when that's relevant. Yeah. I mean, a lot of your twos would die to it if it comes down before Lightning Storm. But yeah. Right. So if this the way it works, the way that Gauntlet boss works is hmm? uh, you get the unit first, then the spell resolve. Right. Um, so you can kill it. Yeah. You know, things like Harshroll and um, Storm would be, you know, ouch. <laughs> uh, There's. Let's see. Instigator lives. Minute. 
The grunt lives. The grunt lives. A few things live. Yeah. You know, Waykeeper. Yeah. But, but essentially, like, you know, for, for players like me that, that mind that just, you know, oh, develop the board, develop the board, develop the board, and the board is sacred, and we just want, like, a different play style. Just, just something so that the board is less sacred. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so that there, so that there's other ways of having meaningful interaction. You have the deck, you have the hand, uh, you have the life total. Um, uh, you know, th- th- those are all axes on which I think it it should be. You know, a strategy to interact with those, and we haven't really seen those yeah. those areas uh, developed as much as we've seen. You know, here are amazing units. Here's a lot of interaction for units. Uh, and go ham with the combat math. I feel like that's that could be one aspect of the game. And I feel Skycrab is a golden opportunity to open up other facets of the game. I think that does make sense for the faction. Yeah. All right. So you brought up a really good transition like halfway through that, but I didn't want to cut you off. <laughs> <laughs> so you said players like you. So that's a great transition into spiking uh so this is the concept of a spike is something from uh mr mark rosewater guy who can talk about magic the gathering ad nauseum it's actually kind of scary uh he has (laughs) he originally categorized Uh isn't isn't the concept of those three players older than um than you know mark rosewater becoming you know senior designer no i'm pretty sure he came up with it and it was like because he's been like lead designer for uh, just shy of 20 years or something like it's been a very long time um yeah but the the idea of um timmy johnny and spike being the three main demographics uh, not demographics the three types of players uh yeah josh you can explain what a timmy is because you are a you are at heart a timmy very much so um (laughs) timmies are in the game for the experience of playing it and of playing splashy cards you know huge things and effects that really feel powerful and enthralling so i'm that's why i'm in it for unit smash and dragons and i want to blow everything up (laughs) whereas i am very definitively a johnny which is the second type and a johnny just wants to prove how insufferably clever they think they are with card combos and neat interactions and mechanically using the game in ways it wasn't meant to be or, or stuff like that. They're, they're yeah. in it to, like, take the game and kind of twist it, I guess. A Johnny wants to make cats and gain life. Boo, that was an awful magic fun. <laughs> um, we're not even at that part yet. Come on, man. <laughs> they're going to get a bad pun. <laughs> they will. So, okay. Uh, the third is Spike. And quite simply, Spike wants to win. So, uh... Yeah. Would you classify oh. yourself as a spike? Also, do you sure, see any more sure. intricacies to it than that? Well, yeah. I agree on, on your points. Uh, I believe, like, you know, there's a very quick way to remember three types of players. That a mm. Timmy wants to experience something, but Johnny wants to express himself, and a spike wants to prove. Well, prove you himself, were... you said? Yeah, that was... Yeah, so... I love it. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Like, obviously, if there's a strategy game, uh, and, you know, like, as, as a spike, I just want, I just want to push the boundaries of knowledge and show that yeah i'm up at at the frontiers of you know playing the best decks and performing the best you know among the players and 
and showing that that you know I'm not just that you know I'm constantly uh, trying to push the frontier, trying to find what works, trying and essentially trying to explore that those boundaries of you know for a deck to be good. Yeah. Um, like uh, it, Johnny, for example, would would try and say you know. Oh hey, let's make this five card combo work, and then you walk, you know, you'd watch him brew on ladder. And the problem is that you're playing mediocre cards and supporting them with mediocre cards to get a somewhat better than mediocre effect from the synergy. <laughs> and in the meantime, your opponent's going turn three false prince, turn four sands, turn titan, turn right. five sursa, and saying, <laughs> yeah. "I have a bunch of really individually high quality cards." And while you're trying to bumble around looking for your combo, I'm just going to do this very boring thing and say my individual quality is better than your synergy, which is generally the state of the game. Yeah, right. I, I agree we're both that. in it to win the game. I'm attempting to do it more efficiently than you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or, um, but the objective of winning, it's I think it's more of a uh, whether you want to you want to change your method of winning to be the best one or to be the most efficient one or to learn the best methods mm -hmm. or if you're going to stubbornly stick to something that you want very much to work <laughs> but results show you otherwise and you just kind of keep with it anyways yeah right like like the joke i have is what's the difference between a johnny strategy and a spike strategy is that the spike strategy works because if a Chinese <laughs> strategy works it will become a spike strategy the spike would adopt it yeah uh, that's happened before though like it sure has uh, in using magic as an example like death's shadow was a stupid thing mm -hmm. and now death's shadow is like the biggest deck <laughs> it yeah it's right. weird yeah but yeah very very um and i mean an, an example of a an eternal card that i could see that actually being maybe true for was shimmervac I could see that as being a Johnny card. Or a Timmy card, even. Or a Timmy card, yeah. But one which people wanted to play for the, oh, you can so build a deck around this. And then, I mean, changes to the card have made it more generally appealing uh, than it used to be. But I do feel like that's one thing that maybe started out gimmicky and turned out to be effective, and so then it became mainstream. Well, I mean, once it, once it got buffed from closed beta to open beta... Uh, so just a history lesson. So in closed beta, it was 4-4 uh, four, four for 7. That's a targeted player and turn all his units into Shimmer. Right. So the problem with that card was that, say your opponent had, you know, one or two amazing units and a bunch of, you know, uh, and a bunch of, you know, dorks. Well, congratulations, you just upgrade all his dorks in order to, to downgrade one or two units. Or say you want to upgrade, you know, uh, all your dorks, but you have... You know, a couple of very good units you want to keep around, like say, sand, like a couple of sandstorm pines. Right. Well, you just degrade your sandstorm pines, and it, it never really felt good to to cast that shimmer back. So yeah, come they made open it beta, better. it's like okay, well, still same seven cost shimmer pack, uh, except now it costs double time and double primal instead of single time and single primal from closed beta. And now you get to choose every single unit, uh, both yours and the opponents. And so deck and then dwd you know said okay enough uh we're gonna raise his cost to eight and now shimmerpack is still very much a legitimate deck there's there's 
you know, multiple ways to 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 build it. Um, sliding scale between Shimmer Pack and Elysian Midrange. Yeah, there like, is. if you put False Prince into your Shimmer Pack, uh, it, it, it's actually a legitimate idea because uh, that way you, you get a massive uh, tempo boost from turn three Prince, turn four Titan. Oh, it, it wins uh, the mirror so well too. Yeah, and like Elysian Midrange already likes to run the Obelisk. Yeah. So it's basically, are you running, you know, Cerso, uh and maybe a couple of other, you know, mid-range beaters like Carnosaurs, or are you running the, the Scouting Party Shimmer pack package? Um, so th- th- there's basically the, this, there's the sort of scale that, that the two decks kind of blend into one another if you take uh, Elysian mid-range a, a certain direction. I think it's kind of cool so, how it's a spectrum, yeah, like, but yeah. Shimmer Pack is this nice card that, you know, hey, if you want to see something really cool happen, you know, you just might get your fix with this, you know, shiny dino. Um, <laughs> Which is all it is, really. All it actually is. Oh my is. god, how have I not heard that description? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's the shimmering dino. Uh, so, you know, you, you, you want to go in, in, that, in that direction. Then, then you know, Shimmer Pack might be a deck that that you just might want to play. In fact, if you want to climb the ladder right now, I would argue that Shimmer Pack is one of the top choices. Mm-hmm. Um, Note to self: I know what I'm doing. <laughs> okay, so um, what do you like when you're looking at not just Eternal, but like evaluating any game? Uh, what do you look for in it to like be compelling? Uh. A, depth of play, and B, uh, that it isn't just based around one sort of venue based on, you know, dexterity. Because, like, take a look at any MOBA, first-person shooter, or something like that, Mm. and what's the difference, you know, between, you know, uh, an average player and, say, you know, the the, the top player, like, say, uh, Team Solo Mids Bjergsen, or, or whatever it is. That these players have played for... To, you know, to hone their reaction time uh, right. to, to this, you know, the, the spectacular point. And it has this massive risk of burnout. <laughs> Those games are fun to observe, but not really fun to play because eventually you just hit this point that, you know, who are you? You know, some slightly above average guy that can't put in the time to really hone his reflexes, uh, you know, to a point. So, you know... I gravitate more towards strategy games, uh, like like Magic, like Elteal that just went uh, bust because of mismanagement. Oh. Um, and a- another bonus is that you know the the game you know looks good to you know to play. Like like you look at chess or go, and you know okay these black piece, black and white pieces, and eventually it's sort of mundane. Mm. Uh, oh yeah. To, yep. to, you know, for lack of a better term. But when, when you play a game of Magic uh, or Eternal, you have these colorful cards, you have these different strategies, and the experience, you know, constantly evolves. Uh, so one other thing I could add to that is that you have this con- consistently evolving experience that as new cards come out, there are new strategies developed, and so the game continues, uh, you know, to, to be entertaining. Because, you know, even Spikes like me, uh, we want to see uh, new experiences. I don't oh, think yeah, definitely. Like, definitely. Uh, Spikes hunger for new experiences as much as, you know, the Timmy's Johnny as well. 
like uh, if anything i'd say that for uh, spike it's most important that there be like new exciting stuff because like a johnny will go find some other stupid combo or some other not quite as efficient thing but when the best decks get stale and the best decks are the best decks for the longest time it just gets boring to you know suit up uh silverwing familiar with old gilded glaive and old uh mm. deep voice plate and hit people for 11 in the air that does get which, old eventually granted that sounds really fun in paper but it it just really wasn't <laughs> yeah definitely not well you can only do that so many times exactly and, and uh you know be, be be on the other side of that you know so many times on you know until it gets a bit stale i mean ultimately the the goal is a diverse uh metagame right. and something i have been critical of of ewd going from close to open beta is that i feel we've lost more decks than we've actually gained like, sure, some people might have been frustrated about Old Gilded Glaive, but think about how many decks Old Gilded Glaive support. Mono Justice, um, Arjunport, Wings, uh, you know, PJ Pants. I was just wondering um, the other know, day maybe, if maybe Little Combray was largely supported by Old Glaive. Sure, sure. Uh, you know, it, 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 it support a, a lot of decks, just like Old Champion of Cunning, you know, really supported a lot of bound strategies that you otherwise don't, don't see anymore. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, like, actually, uh, someone was saying that uh, I, I forget who, but somebody was saying that Reanimator used to be like super, super good when uh, Champion of Cunning could hit. Like, you could get Champion back and then hit with Vara the same turn. That is so amazing. I contested. It was never amazing because at the end of the day, you're still not really saving much in cost because, like, say you play Herald Song and then, you know, Grasp at Shadows on Vara, right. well, you already paid seven power just to play Vara, <laughs> otherwise so... it cost you eight. And, stay, and the cost for that is you're filling your deck with really bad I contested you know, combo pieces that you do very little on their own. I so did contest the idea. never spectacular, but yeah. at least it was something that you could play and, you know, have a decent with like if you just played it as like a film value deck uh with with you know the occasional reanimator shenanigans mm -hmm. that you know it, it at least felt somewhat good to play nowadays you try and play reanimator people are gonna laugh at you. yeah um, yeah happens a lot we, you know <laughs> yeah. back and close beta you know we just had like, a, a lot of diverse decks that sure they might have been held up you know in the foundation of one really ridiculous card like Old Champion of Funning or Old Gilded Glaive. But at the same time, they weren't necessarily, you know, tier one decks all the time. Like when Party Hour came out, okay, you know, it started to get a bit oppressive. Um, you know, I, I, I think that people would have figured it out and it would have had a place at the table, you know, mm. without being as oppressive as it ultimately was, you know, before it got nerfed. You know, I, I I feel that we had more of a diverse metagame in closed beta uh, than we have right now, which, you know, on ladder, you know, it's diverse. Once again, to best of three, uh, not as much. Yeah, and I can see what you mean. Um, I would hope there that the trade-off is that the meta does become less diverse, but that it will be able to be more diverse in the future. And of course, that's something that I would have to trust in. Uh, is that I would have to expect that, okay, they are removing these cards that are propping up lots of strategies because they plan on somehow executing a way to 
strengthen many strategies at once in the future. Uh, but, I mean, from what we have now, I basically agree with what you said. I, I, I mean, I've, I've heard that argument, which is why, uh, why they nerfed Stronghold Visage from 4 to 5, because, oh, set 2 will have a Life Matters theme. Right, that was one uh, of the things that hinted my, at that. My, my criticism of that is, why not wait until we get to set 2, and a Life Matters deck becomes so oppressive that you need to nerf Stronghold Visage then. Yeah, like a preemptive oh, nerf. Yeah, like, like don't, don't jump the gun. Uh, don't take away uh, diversity uh, and, and then leave entire color combinations, you know, not that well represented. Uh, like, over time, you know, like, Rokano Plate went from, like, a tier 0. 0.5 deck <laughs> to, you know, this tier 2.5 deck. Uh, you know, because of all the body blows it's taken, you know. I do think Paladin. And, Paladin needs to go back yeah. to 2 2. Like, yeah, you know what? Paladin really sucks to play against sometimes, but, like... It really it being sucks to at, play now. It being right. at 2, like, the fact that it's a 2-1 just enabled Temple Scribe so hard. Yeah. Like, it just pushed that card way, way up. Yeah, I mean, what happens when you nerf aggro decks and say, we want to give decks more time to react? What decks do you buff? You buff the, the mid-range decks. Like, you buff the Combrays, the Elysian mid-ranges of the world... And I feel like, you know, what decks do not need buffs? Well, the decks that are playing, you know, just endless, you know, value train single units that's like, okay, well, you didn't kill me and, you know, you didn't finish the game in four turns. Now, my, you know, each one of my cards just makes each of your cards look absolutely silly and there's literally nothing you can do because I have this dude that just creates a board stall starting from turn four. Um... Oh, I wonder like, who that is. <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> no, I mean, like, you know, yeah. Answer of Titan is a necessary evil, because if you, if you play time-based decks and you're up and you're on the draw against turn one, own your own in, yeah. uh, you're like, when do I actually start, you know, start getting into this game? Uh, it's basically on turn four. Like, he's, he's a necessary evil. Uh, I, I wish he wasn't a necessary evil, but... The current state of the game means, you know, if you are absolutely sure you're going to win the game on turn, you know, turns one through four, or decide it at least, then you want to be playing fire. Right. Otherwise, you want to be playing time. Uh, you know, there's the Felon Tempo deck that Manu S, that Rhino initiated and Manu S, uh, you know, um, innovated on, and mm. Sarius says it's a good deck, and I guess I have to take his word for it. <laughs> I haven't played that one yet either. Feel a bit left out. I, I, you know what? I have. I think one of the, the reasons. Tempo deck. Yeah, one Ooh. of the reasons is that people are starting to lean really hard on annihilate over suffocate, or have been on annihilate over suffocate, and mm. like even I am, and I love suffocate so much more. <laughs> and um, that deck is just really good against annihilate. Yeah. I can uh, see what you mean. Midnight Gale and Twilight Raptor both dodge it, and both of those things just kind of keep. Hitting you until you die. Kind of like old Stone Scar midrange used to be so good against Annihilate too. Right, and I don't think it means that we're gonna go back to Suffocate because that's also not good against Midnight Gale. No. But Midnight Gale is not a great card. Even worse than Annihilate against Arthur Temple. Exactly. Countess. Yeah, count. Oh God, Countess. Countess. Yeah, and I mean even like Left Left Eye Ranger gets out of the the range of Suffocate after turn two. 
I do like Left Right Ranger. I, I really yeah. do like that card. I, I wish I wish it's all like I think if Argentport ends up being what I want it to be, we're gonna see a lot more Left Right Ranger in the future, and that makes me happy. I've been seeing Ranger lately on on ladder put up a pretty good showing in Film Nempo. Isn't it just like so much better than the stupid Gorgon that gets quickly like quick draw it is and deadly? Much better because that basically does the same thing where it kills almost anything in that stage of the game. <laughs> <laughs> but like even more than that, it, it clocks you. I mean, Felm has no reach, so what it needs to do is have a very effective clock, not a two-strength a two strength clock that gets picked off whenever they have the convenience. Right. Yeah. Right. But, but, but the thing about these, these decks without reach is that they need to have a way of... Uh, so what Felm can do, the Argentport can't, is that Felm can run Backlash and say... Uh, hey, that harsh rule you just ripped? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it would be... Like, the reason that Combray aggro ever existed, and why its evolution, you know, what I'd call its evolution of, like, Love Up's TJP midrange, uh-huh. is that you have Stand Together. Stand Together is anti-harsh rule. Yeah. You know, it, 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 if you're in TJP, if that's the way you want to go, uh, that if you have no reach, you need to have a way of actually defending your board and Argentport does not yet have a way to do that. Or closing out a stall. So something like um the unfortunately playable Cloud of Ash. <laughs> which <laughs> like some it way is. that like once there's a Titan and a healer down, but you need to get in an extra six points of damage, you can just do that. Now that's a horrible example because that's fire and that is reach dot faction. But <laughs> why have we mentioned that dumb card so many times? Lately? I don't know. <laughs> We used to be excited about the idea that there could be a deck that was so desperate for that effect, they would resort to Cloud of Ash, and now it's just a thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, um, I mean, the, 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 issue, the issue with uh, Cloud of Ash, really, is that does that card become worth running over an Obliterator or Flame Blast? And that's very few and far between. Oh, exactly. The number of cases. Yeah, I think the point when it is is when you really don't want to go past four or five power. And I think five. Right. Yeah, I mean five for that deck because monitor. But like if you're if you're just doing six with your obliterate on five, you can often do like ten with a cloud of ash if you've got the board for it, which is often. Well, sometimes that's why you play like one. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, when you have your obelisk, you only okay, need a couple so, units. Okay, uh, so how do you um? So, what are the differences for when you're approaching the ladder versus the tournament, would you say? Okay, okay. So, so on ladder, you're, what, it's not about your win percentage, it's about the, the speed of your wins. Because on ladder, I'm going to put this out there right now, rank one, like, some people might, uh, but, like, if you see people like me, like, Unearthly, like, Loco Pojo, like, Sir Rhino, like, are, you know, you know, do people like Loco, Unearthly, Rhino, etc., do they really try and gun for that rank one all the time? Never. If someone gets rank one on ladder, it's like, who cares? Mm-hmm. Uh, so what you're trying to do on ladder is, A, you're trying to maximize your, your, your gold input because, you know, that's the way you get cards. And B, the gold the gold you're getting from ranked ladder is gold you can spend on draft 
and you know possibly make dual masters uh, on on both ladders and maximize your seasonal rewards. So it's like that, optimization, really. What? So it's about optimization, really. Yes. So your objectives for tourneys and for and for ladder are different. That that tourneys you care about squeezing out every single last percentage, you know, of win rate that you can. Right. Ladder, you're trying to maximize your your wins per unit time spent. So if you're playing, say, Big Combray, which might get one win every 20, you know, every 20 minutes mm-hmm. versus, you know, uh, Bandit Queen that is getting one win every 10 minutes, it doesn't matter that your Big Combray wins 60% of the time and your Bandit Queen wins 57% of the time. Right. Uh, you want to be jamming your Bandit Queen because you're going to get more wins in the same uh, amount of time that, that, you're, that you spent playing. Everything yeah. you just said makes so much sense, and I hate that I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, when I've when I've decided I'm going to climb, like, when I get tired of not being in Master during a month, and I'm just like, okay, I'm going to get up there, and then I'll play whatever I want again, I just pick my favorite aggro deck. Like, that's, that's sure. just how you do it, because it, it is wins per time. Right, because you're, you're trying to be as proactive as possible, because if you're trying to... The more reactive you get, the more of a chance it happens that you draw the wrong interaction and it's completely blank. Right. Like, if you're playing a control deck and you're playing, you know, some copies of Torch, some copies of Permafrost, some copies of Annihilate, well, congratulations, you just drew your, your Permafrost, um, you know, against Big Combray. You you drew your Torches against Big Combray. You drew your Annihilates against, say, uh, Stone Scar Midrange. And they're coming at you with, you know, Champion of Chaos and, you know, Statuary Maiden. And you look like a complete goofball. Or you just drew a <laughs> bunch of, you know, anti-unit interaction against Armory. Right. They're looking like an idiot while a Relic Weapon bashes your face. Uh, so you want to just make your opponent have it. And for those things they have to you know to to have you know those few answers like if you're playing an aggro shadow deck you know like a stone scar then you want you know your uh, a couple of you know some amount of annihilates and rapid shots because a sandstorm titan is eventually going to come down and you want to have a way of dealing with it uh but you don't want to go overboard on on the removal which is you know why burn queen is you know pretty good for for you know best of ones no, mm. you know, I, I can debate that. And why Obelisk <laughs> decks are, you know, very good uh, for, for for your ladder needs. They're generous. Because in best of threes, you know, they're, they're a lot more tame because your opponent, you know, can still win game one and then bring in attachment eight, you know, three post board. Yeah. But on ladder, you know, what are, you know, you might run into one Furnace Mage main deck at most. Because you'd have to be pretty silly to be main decking ruin or or decay. Yeah, I also think that a, an important aspect of why aggression is best for ladder is that you need to be able to punish your opponents for their subpar draws in the most effective way possible. Um, Correct. Like when you draw poorly and you're in control versus control, you often do have time to get what you need, um, or at least a bit more time. Before that, yeah, they may be drawing cards. They may be 
pillow forting themselves up, but they're not going to kill you uh, fast enough that you can't make a comeback um, if you just if you draw well. But against a lot of decks, you can miss that turn three or turn four play, and you might just be screwed uh, from missing a single turn of interaction. And I think that the ability to punish those bad draws is part of what gets you both early concessions and a lot more wins per minute. Right. Like, like if there's one thing, you know, about Eternal players is that they are very green. Uh, that, <laughs> yes. You know, like, they like, really are. So many decks, you know, as DWD says, you know, uh, play fewer power than they should, um, you know, because everyone's just, you know, trying to, you know, make sure they don't flood or people, you know, take damage to the face when they should be chump blocking and that results in a top deck of Blood Raider Flame Blast killing them. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, Do you remember small, small things that proactive decks are just uh, very good at, at punishing and then coupled with the fact that, you know, your controlling decks don't have a sideboard to make sure that, hey, this card's ineffective for this matchup. I'm not going to draw it uh, ever again post-board and I'm going to draw these more effective cards board like you don't have to be afraid of that so you just you just jam aggro or you know obelisk type type decks and say oh uh I, I, you're not going to have it you know oh crap I can and just... <laughs> hello oh are you there yeah oh, okay, okay sorry i thought i did a dumb <laughs> okay sorry as you were yeah, yeah continue Yeah, yeah, we're, we're good. Oh. So, so yeah, like, like also when it comes to climbing the ladder, uh, be sure to to watch, um, you know, uh, like, you know, like, be sure to do your reading and do your research essentially. Uh, like I know Neon, uh, good articles about improving your play. Manuess's deck texts are, you know. Decent more often than not. Yeah. Like, not every single deck, you know, he, he makes a deck deck <laughs> on is going to be something oh, that, that is, you know, uh, a tier one play this if you want to climb most efficiently. Like, that mono primal this, you know, deck. This. Yeah, like, his, his mono primal and his uh, dark combray, you know, madness uh, safe return deck, you know. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Both of those have been very fun. Um, I will say that. But... The, 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 those are, those are um, you know, fun decks if you want a new experience that you know that that you play them because hey this top player made made these decks and did well with them you know at like at the top of ladder for whatever that means yeah uh, up and do half decently with them you know like essentially you know do your reading another thing you know if you start to get burned burned out like it's not wrong you know for you to you know to bust out a control deck uh, or a slower deck that still has a good win rate and just change up your experience if that's what it what will keep you from just uh, stopping playing completely. Mm-hmm. You know, bring out the big Combray or you know Balance Car Control or you know Caria Blue just just to you know Mix change up. up your experience. That's if that's what'll keep you playing, then then sure, go ahead. But you know, don't get carried away. Yeah. Do you think that there's much benefit in trying to attack a specific meta that you've been seeing, or would you advise to Uh, just keep going with 
the, with the typical climbing. You have to first be sure that what you're seeing is actually representative of the meta. Right. Like, you know, you might run into a couple of, you know, armories and town tempos, uh, but you might be playing, like, you know, uh, 10, 15 games a day, and even then, that, you know, that, that might be quote, for some people. When in reality, you know, most people might be jamming, you know, something completely different, and you just hit that one pocket, uh, and, and your memory's, you know, not, not that long. Like, mm-hmm. if you really want to, you know, count, you know, what's the state of the meta right now, then open up a spreadsheet, record what your opponent was playing, and after every game finishes, you know, uh, what was my opponent playing? Did I win? Did I lose? Was on that play, on the draw? Uh, I don't do that uh, because I don't care enough uh, <laughs> to do that. But, you know, if you really want to get into, you know, hardcore ladder climbing. Right. I'd done that at one time, and it was cool to look back on, but by the time you identify a trend in the ladder, you usually are past that trend in the ladder, I think. Right, right. Then, you know, that, then do that. But um, I think that only starts mattering once you really get into, like, you know, top 20-ish, uh, because, you know, as long as your rank keeps swinging wildly, then you might hit different pockets of meta depending on... Uh-oh. There... Uh-oh. Oh, oh yes, okay. <laughs> we are here. Yeah, it cut out again. Okay. I, I can patch patch up the audio a little bit. Yeah. But um, uh, what was I going to say? Were you going to ask another question? Yes. Okay, actually, yeah. Okay, so we're getting close to uh, an hour and the end of the show here. But there is one last question I wanted to ask. Um, so this okay, is something right. we talked about. Yeah. Hmm? Sorry? <laughs> uh, I completely missed that. Oh, oh gotcha. Oh, uh, basically, uh, we're getting close to an hour. Uh, I have one more question I wanted to ask you. Uh, yeah. This is something we talked about last week. Uh, yeah. They said that there are cards and decks that they are surprised aren't seeing more play. Do you have any like any thoughts or any hopes as to what those are, given the current card file? Well, I mean, LSV has constantly said, you know, oh, Jack is better than people give him credit for. Jack should be seeing more play. Mm-hmm. You know, Jack this, Jack that. To which I say I respectfully disagree because, you know, the, the slot Jack takes up is the slot, you know, that you reserve for cards like Mystica Senate or Ikaria or Ironthorn. So, and I think all those cards are better than Jack. Much room at that top of the curve, you know, because you have to live long enough to, to cast those cards. Oh, definitely. Um, I would like to see, I, I would like to see his Jack deck. Like, I've, <laughs> like he, I've, he's, he's streamed it before. It's it's some variant of Combray Red. Oh, I've like, never, uh, never saw Todd, caught it. You know, run a singleton Jack in his um, Combray Red in the MSM. Um, and so if you want to see that, go back and watch it. Oh yeah, I really do um, like him in the but deck. Generally, I there. you know, I you know, I'm not I'm not the guy you know the guy that just brews like crazy. Mm. Um, but so far, you know, I don't see it. Like we've had you know nearly a year, you know of set one in various forms yeah yep you know i i think the cards that will be good you know are cards that you know that that they've already you know been been discovered like there isn't some sort of hidden sleeper deck that's only going to come in and upend you know the big combray the rakano blade the stone scar burn queens um yeah well, shimmer packs, you know, of the world, like, oh my god, you guys are missing some sort of crazy hidden gem. 
Like there, there might be some decks that are aren't polished, or as the meta slightly changes, uh, that the construction of the deck changes. Like I remember I was streaming Angry Chicken, and in his big combo, he just took out his harsh rules completely and just put in the obelisks over the harsh rules main deck. Hmm. But it, it's hmm. it's all you know very. Uh, I remember when people used to talk about that. You know, like yeah. like uh, variations on a theme as opposed to, you know, suddenly this whole new deck based ar- around this card that nobody ever considered playing and we're all stupid and <laughs> how did you miss this card uh, or this deck? You know, I, I, I think, you know, things have been mostly done. Yeah, I don't think that some ridiculous hidden thing can really exist either that's going to be significantly better than everything we've got. I, I guess I wouldn't be surprised like, if there was another meta player, like tier two-ish deck that hasn't turned up, but I think the top tiers have been pretty solidified for a while now. Have you guys ever heard the story of why Siege Rhino has Trample? I did hear Magic? that. Oh yeah, have you heard this one? Like, this is legit from R&D. Uh, there was an enchantment in the previous core set oh, before gosh. Siege Rhino was released uh, that was some really garbage like not even playable and limited enchantment that said that whenever you took damage at the beginning of the next turn you got like a, a soldier token uh and they put that in the same set as some pain lands so you had a way to ping yourself and in their testing that deck was just insane like the constructed stupid enchantment ping yourself make tokens deck was just really really good so then they gave siege rhino trample to combat that so and then no one played the That's stupid so enchantment. <laughs> Hello? Uh-oh. Oh no, <laughs> let's just make an amazing card set. Oh, oh, there you are. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm here, I'm here. Okay, good, good. <laughs> All right. Um, I think that's about it. Uh, do you have anything you want to say, Oya, to close out the show before the pun? Which you've brought not, a pun. Not, not particularly. Okay, okay. So then, yeah, let's let's. You have prepared a pun for us. We are <laughs> wait before all preemptively disappointed. Before we're ready to drop the mic, I do just want to say thanks for coming on. I really enjoyed talking to you, and I'm glad to get the chance to have you on the show. Yeah. Oh, that, it, it it is a pleasure. It's a pleasure. I you know I'll hoping to stick. I'm hoping to stick around this community for a long time to come, and you know Same. constantly you know be on more podcasts and answer more questions and so. Yeah, absolutely. Your opinions are like, you really are great at explaining why you think the way you do. And I have found that I agree with you a lot more than I thought I did at the beginning. <laughs> like, no offense, but like, like at the beginning, like way back in like October, I was just like, he, he talks a lot about different cards, huh? And then as you explained yourself, like, you know what? Actually, no, he just knows what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, my, et- both eternal related and non-eternal related. I found it's just incredibly useful to be able to explain why you think something or why you see something a certain way i've had that extensively in my relationships in life as well as in trying to convince people of things in card games (laughs) so yeah um thanks for coming on let's let's hear that pun let's let's make us unhappy that you came on so what is a spell too awful to place in your deck but that eventually no spike can be. Oh. Hold on, let me just pull up the list of every time spell. Okay. <laughs> when is it? Uh, 
I got nothing. Burnout. Oh. Uh, oh. I think you even said that exact phrase. And okay, no, we're done. We're just done. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>